What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubik's the Coach's Coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams. Welcome to the Coach's Corner. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, book themselves solid. And we got a serious badass in the room today, uh, Jay Ferruja. What's going on? What is up, my friend? Is it Jay or Jason? I see both. I see Jason and Jay out there. Either one. Doesn't matter. I mean, most people who are close to me call me Jay, so. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you share your story in a second here, but I just want to do as much justice as I can. I got like six pages of notes of what you've done, what you've accomplished. I've tried to bring it down into like a small concise intro here but you've been doing this stuff since 1994 uh you've been helping guys become the strongest version of themselves you've obviously expanded since then you've done work in men's health muscle and fitness maximum fitness men's fitness fast company huffington post live strong muscle and fitness hers shape entrepreneur details espn cbs i could probably keep going but i'll keep it there um and from what i found your core belief simplicity is the key to health wellness and happiness we're going to be talking about that because i love that and the importance of applying the 80-20 rule to everything and forgetting the rest because the reality is that most things don't matter. It's just noise and meaningless nonsense that distracts us from living the lives we want. So we're going to be getting to some juicy stuff there. I'm excited to hear about that. You also got a Renegade Radio, yep. uh, a show that's got over 3 million downloads, probably more by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like I was kind of going through it and I listened to one or two episodes to get in a feel for, for who you are. But it's like you cover, I think you're on episode like 200 30 or something. I might be off by a few there. No, right around there. And it's like, you've covered from, you know, fitness to life, to money, to business, to, you know, crazy foods or, or superfoods and superpowers and healing stuff. So you cover a wide range of that. So maybe we'll start there is, um, is this renegade radio, what got you into that? And what's your story? Like, how'd you get to where you are now from 1994 when you first started, I'm guessing, you know, personal training or some kind of fitness stuff. Yeah. So, well, I'll go back to 1994. I was in school and I was uh, just obsessed. Growing up, I was really skinny, weak, you know, got beat up by bullies and whatnot. And uh, I hated that. And I was obsessed with uh, Hulk Hogan and Arnold Schwarzenegger Mm -hmm. and Stallone. I want to be big and jacked like those guys. I want to be a superhero. I can relate. Yeah. So I got into training and then it became an obsession when I was going to school. And I was, uh, I was going to Arizona state at the time and I got really sick. I actually got tuberculosis, which I didn't know anyone still even got. And I was crushed. So I had to be on bed rest for a couple months. I couldn't even leave the house for a couple months. And I was on all of these pills and everything. And during that time, there was no internet or anything back at that time. And, uh, so I ordered every single book and course I could find from the back of Iron Man magazine. And then I got my first personal trainer certification and started training people later on that summer when I had, I lost probably 50 something pounds while I was sick, uh, which was a lot because I wasn't that big to begin with. I mean, I was only 147 pounds when I graduated high school. So I'm back down to that. I had to start over again and, uh, started training people. And just right away it took off. And I really don't know why, because I didn't have any kind of business acumen. I hadn't read a business book. It was just, I was getting results and, it's funny because what I am known for now and what I do now, I guess I had a little bit of that in me naturally, which is just, you know, building rapport with people and building relationships and, and making people feel good. Uh, and that's kind of why the business took off. So I'm 20 years old, still going to school and making six figures training people wow. within a year. 
Cool. And so I said, man, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So I transferred back home and I was running the business, you know, working 12 hours a day on the gym floor, six days a week wow. for the next 12 years straight, pretty much. I think when you're good at what you do and you have your product figured out, like you were probably really good at what you did. So the marketing is secondary to that. A lot of people these days are marketing a shitty product or a shitty service. And they're wondering why they don't see, they haven't put the time in to get good right. at what they do. So I'm so sure that played a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we never did we never spent one dime on marketing. Now that's right. not something I, that's not a badge of honor. Like it was just stupid and you probably should, but we just never did. I never cool. did. It was all word of mouth. Uh, even years later when Facebook came around and everything, we never did it. I was just like, man, I've never done it. I don't even know how to do it at this point. Business is booming. It, it, let's oh. just keep rolling. So. And you obviously you have off since then. Yeah. I was just, just to add on to what you said, if you yeah. have a good product and a good service, and especially if you've, created a third place. Like they talk about that in the Starbucks experience where people come in and that's their third place, homework or the other two places. And it's more than just the training and the results. It's, do they feel loved? Do they feel cared about? Are they bonding? Are they connecting totally. with people there? Are you taking care of them? What's the music like? What's the atmosphere like? You know, that, that stuff is so important. No matter what kind of business you run, a totally. restaurant, a dry cleaner, whatever, that's all important. Totally. So awesome. Cool. Cool. So you evolved since then. You did the fitness stuff. Uh, that was from 1994. You did that for a few years. Or you're, you're still doing oh, no, that? A long, long time. Yeah. So, I mean, we still have a large aspect of the business is fitness. Cool. So I'm doing it in 94. I started writing uh, in 2001. Started selling programs online in 2003. I feel like there was like only five other people doing it at the time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then I transitioned to making it more of my focus in about 2006. So it was 12 years hundred percent focused on the gym floor. In 2006, I shifted more online to selling more stuff. I got a book deal with Penguin in 2007. And then I was pretty prolific writer. I mean, I wrote probably a minimum of 500 words a day, every day for like probably a decade. Wow. Cool. Pumped out a ton of, of written content. Uh, and that helped really grow the business to, to where it is today. Cool. Cool. And what are you doing now? You got Renegade Radio? Yeah. So that's about four years old now. And I gone through a lot of transition and personal development and work on myself where years ago, you barely saw any pictures of me on the internet, barely any videos. Uh, there's probably a 10 year span of my life where maybe I took six pictures of myself. Right. I was very, I was still, even though I went from 147 pounds to 220 plus, I was still really the shy, insecure kid inside. Mm -hmm. So I was hiding from people on the internet. That's probably why all my content was written. And even when YouTube and, and that came out, I didn't really pump out a lot of video stuff. I didn't do audio stuff because I was still just really insecure and shy and quiet and socially awkward. And I, I took the last five to seven years, even more so the last three years, and now every single day to work on that and fix yeah. that. And now I'm 180 degrees opposite. So that was why it was pushing myself out of my comfort zone. When we started the podcast, you know, yeah. and I worked on it and I worked to get better at it every time. And, and now I'm at the point where I can, uh, if we're going to Staples Center later to uh, watch my friends in an event, but if, if, if someone said to me, get up on stage and, and start speaking in front of 20,000 people, I'm up there in two seconds. Like I have none of that, but that was a lot of work. Absolutely. And I think it's important. A lot of times you hear business experts and I agree that say, you know, don't worry about your weaknesses, bring up your strengths. And I agree if that's, you don't know how to build a website, you're not good at what at marketing, you could hire people for those things. But if your weakness is social skills, interpersonal communication, that you have to work on. That's essential. hundred percent. We were talking right before of the personal development. I used to be focused on only business and the money side of things. And it was okay. 
And then I got obsessed with personal development. And all of a sudden, as I worked on myself for three, four years, everything just like really starts blossoming. So now I'm like always going to every client I have. I'm like, I send in the mail a book that I think would be helpful for them. Personal development books on top of the business stuff. Cause it's, it's nice. hand in hand. Um, yeah. You were just on stage. You just did an event, uh, the first event of 2018. Tell us about that. And, and when's your next event? Uh, the next event is April 27th. California? So, yeah. Santa Monica. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, was, I was up all, all weekend running an event, but it's small. So I, I technically wasn't on stage, but I was performing all weekend because we only have 12 to 15 guys out of these. These, these are private, kind of small events. Yeah, yeah. Intimate, cool. uh, more tribalism kind of stuff with men. But um, yeah, that's, you that's at, just, Sorry? Are you at FBS this year speaking? I am not because I spoke last year. So B likes cool. to you know, alter uh, the lineup each year. That's where yeah. I, cause last year I was like, I was, I was having ideas for my podcast. And I'm like, I will launch this. And I was making a list of people. And I remember from FBS, I was like, do, 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 uh, Jay definitely on the list. So it's cool uh, that we get to get it now. And yeah. I, I spoke last year and then I, Bedros and I did a little improv scene at the end of my talk last year. Uh, that's right. That's right. And yeah. then you did something. Was that you at the Craig Ballantyne event? No, that was, was that you doing the zips up? Yep. Yeah. Improv as well. You're all into that. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've been yeah. an actor for four years. So I was really, Oh wow. Zip zaps okay, up. Cool. I remember that. Nice. Cool. So I want to kind of transition into, obviously you've gone through a few transitions in life. You started in fitness and then you pushed yourself constantly to do this and the, and the author and the book and the speaking and the events and, you know, pushing yourself out of, out of your comfort level. I will, and I've transitioned a few times and it was always terrifying and I didn't have a coach at the time to help me through it, but I'm just like, I just don't love what I do anymore or I yeah. feel like I can do more. And I talk to coaches who are maybe fitness or maybe they're doing something, but they want to expand or evolve into the new person that they've become because it doesn't serve them anymore. And they're terrified of losing that, the, the quick shot of income because they have to, you know, free up more hours to work on a new project. Um, you've obviously gone through a few of those, I'm guessing, uh, any advice, any tips or the importance of it? Um, there's no easy way. You are going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to be okay with making less money. I was, I decided, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's what I don't want to do. And I'm okay with making significantly less money for three years in a row. And like, if I told you how much less from three years ago, your head might explode. Some mm -hmm. people, uh, it's, it was pretty crazy. And I've done that because I just think, you know, you have to take that risk, not taking that risk is the bigger risk long-term. Cause look at all the regret you're going to have. So literally I, I said to my wife, like, if we have to move into a smaller place, if we have to, you know, not eat at our favorite restaurants, this is what I have to do to be fulfilled long-term. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I'm going to make it happen. Um, and too many people measure their happiness and their success in dollar signs. So I've been at a point where one year, the, the most money I ever made was probably the least happiness I had in my life. I was just, I, and I found myself falling into that trap. I was comparing myself to other people and like, man, I should be making more. At the end of the year, I made the most money I ever made. And I was super bummed out that I didn't yeah. hit another goal slightly above that. So I kind of detached myself from those things and figured out what really made me happy and fulfilled. And, but again, you're going to have to really sacrifice. You're going to have to don't, I wouldn't say abandon what you're doing now, be willing to make less money, work a little less on that and stay up till three in the morning. If you have to work on totally. your side hustle and then slowly transition out. And then there's going to come a point where you have to get out of it. Now, something that you said is important to address too. Some people have their identity tied to something else. Yeah. So like for me, for example, I was one of the first guys to own a hardcore underground gym that was really well known. Uh, same thing online. Like I was one of the original online guys, hardcore training athletes. So that's been a large part of my identity. And I struggled with that for a while. Like, how am I going to let that go and not just pump out fitness content and, and, and talk about other things and do other things. Now 
I'm nobody really like, who am I now? You know? And I had to be okay with that. And just because you're really good at something doesn't mean it's something that you should do forever. Like if right now I still have so much confidence in my ability as a fitness coach that I would put my right arm against anybody. Okay. We got 12 weeks to get a guy ready for a season or for a role as a superhero, bring it on. I'll do it. I just don't want to do it anymore. And right. so I have to be okay with that. Like I'm good at that. People are good at things. It doesn't mean that's what you have to do forever. Like life's about exploring, you know, discovering new things, discovering yourself. And there's some cost bias too. Like people think, man, I've invested 500 grand into learning all this for the last 20 years. I built all this up. How do I transition to doing something new? Well, how do you not, if your heart's not in it anymore, if you're not passionate about it anymore, you're going to regret it. Totally. I think it's like, I hold that as my number one most, if I'm not waking up and doing what I love um, or at least getting closer to it. I remember when, and I'm just going to bring this up really quick. I think anyway, when Elliot Hulse put out this spiritual video, I remember watching this video, he was talking about his breathing camp or something. And I'm reading the comments and like every second comment is like, what happened to you? You're an idiot. Like, where'd you go? And I was just like, man, like so much respect for him and just for people doing it constantly evolving and constantly being like, this yeah. is who I am now. This is what I'm putting out. A lot of people don't get that. Um, but I think it's like the number one most important thing. So I just remember watching that video. It just came into my memory now of like, good for him. Like you, you, yeah. you don't have to be the big strength dude. You are who you are right now and put it out there all the time. Totally. And, and to your point there, to the people listening, don't worry about those yeah. comments and those haters. Cause those people totally. are doing nothing for you. They're doing nothing with their lives. They're just bitter. It's a reflection of themselves. Don't worry about it. You just got to push forward and do what's right for you. Totally. Totally. I'm going to ask you a hard question here. What what do you think your number one thing was that you had to overcome your biggest uh, personal block? Because I know you said you spent four, five, six years working through that. What was like the thing that was like when you realized it and you became conscious of it, um, you were like, I got to push through this or this is holding me back. What was your biggest? Uh, There's so many things. So this could be four hours, but uh, I would say that I spent so much of my life in my own head and really insecure. And therefore, when you do that, you become really selfish and you put up these self-protective mechanisms to avoid getting hurt, to avoid judgment and criticism. So you're really all about yourself. How can I get better? How can I protect my ego? How can I make more money? How can I fix my own problems? And I heard so many different quotes, you know, from Maya Angelou to Jackie Robinson to Muhammad Ali that just all talked about, you know, serving other people and putting other people first and how can you help other people? And it it took a while, but now every day when I wake up, it's not all about my insecurities and how can I help myself? It's just, who can I help? Uh, who can I serve? What can I do? And I just became so focused on other people. So I shifted from internal to external focus. And every day I'm not walking around looking at my cell phone. I'm trying to make eye contact with every person I meet and engage them and thank them and have a conversation with them. I go out of my way to do that all the time. And it's physiologically impossible to be down on yourself when you're making other people feel good and happy. So some of it is still selfish in a way because I don't want to be depressed in my own head all day. But if you just change that, if you shift that focus and just be externally focused on other people and helping them, it really does make a huge difference. That's so insane how closely I relate to that and how I think so many men, especially I grew up in a small town, the blue collar type working men, relate to that because i've had so many of this like this exact conversation with so many dudes so i think that provides so much value for i think it's more popular than it's talked about right now um i was i was reading lewis howe's book uh that mask of the mask of masculinity and i was just like it's just such a time for that because it's like so i relate to that very closely so thanks for sharing that um 
So the importance of doing what you love. What about, um, yeah, simplicity is key in the 80-20 rule. We talked about that a little bit in the start. Do you want to expand on that just a little bit? Simplicity is key in the 80-20 rule? Yeah, um, and, and as it relates to business or? Yeah, totally. Yeah, is- so you can do a million things and that's where everybody gets overwhelmed. And I can wake up each morning and do a million things. And I'm, I'm now in a fortunate and blessed situation where I have even more opportunities and people are asking me all the time, hey, do you want to do this? Can you connect me with that guy? And if you're a people pleaser and you say yes to everything, that is actually showing weakness and it's, it's preventing you from being really happy and fulfilled and being your best self. So you have to have an 80-20 focus on what's really important. So for example, you're, if you're putting content out, do you want to put out written content, video content, audio content? You can't put it all out at once. Like if you're just starting your business, you can't pump out all forms of content. You shouldn't be on all forms of social media. Apply an 80-20 to all of those. Okay, what are we getting our most return from? Instagram? Cool. Let's just go all in on Instagram for a year. What are we getting the most response from? Blog posts or videos or podcasts? Figure it out and go all in on that. Um, and 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 then know what to say yes and no to. So I say no to way more stuff. And you have to, it's good if people build up kind of, um, you know, create filters and create a system for making decisions in your business. If this, then that kind of, right. So, uh, know what to say no to and say no, not in that people pleasing weirdo kind of lying way. Like just say no, Hey man, no, I appreciate it. There's no way I can do it and don't have to justify it after and all that. Just that's it. I'm out. Totally. I'm like, I read a book a week. I'm obsessed with reading. So I'm always like, when people are telling me things, I'm like, I related to a book, but that no more Mr. Nice Guy book. Have you read that? Heard about it? No, but it's so weird. Like three people told me that in the last week. So I guess that's telling me I got to read it. I think I just sent it to like four people over the last few weeks, a few guys, because I knew they could use it because it spoke so well to me. But it was a lot about that of like, just stop being, you don't always have to be nice. You don't have to apologize for not wanting to do something, not being able to do something, not wanting to do it for whatever reason that is. Um, Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, unless you're talking to someone close to you and someone you love and you got to sacrifice, but just for people. So cool. So 80, 20 rules, simplicity is key as it relates to business. Um, what about this content marketing thing? Cause you produce a lot of content. I didn't know if you had a team or not. So we were talking before this of like, you know, if you don't have a team, I'm hugely impressed. You do have a team, but you can have the flip side of maybe, you know, having too big of a team or, you know, maybe that ties into the saying yes or being, you know, the thing we just talked about, but what's going on there for content marketing, producing content, focusing what you're good at and building a team. Um, I'm always like the importance of building a small team, at least one person you have yeah. what you said, maybe too big of a team or no, it's uh, so for the majority of my career, I really didn't have many people. I, that was, you know, just a kind of something I had to work through where I thought I could always do it, which a lot of entrepreneurs do. We mm-hmm. can all yeah. do everything totally. ourselves. No one can do it better than us. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So that was me forever. And then the other mistake people make, and I certainly have, and even to this day, I'll still make it a little bit is, you know what? It's easier for me to do it than to teach this new guy how to do it. So forget about it. But that ends up coming back to bite your ass. That, that's such a huge mistake because you waste so much time down the road. You should have just taken the three weeks it takes to teach your new team member how to do this instead of you just doing it. When do you think you're ready? So most people watching this are probably in that like they're they're either just starting or some people I work with are like maybe halfway to their six figure a year goal, but like they're not making the type of money. So they have more time than money. So usually for those people, I'm just like, just keep doing it, build a system like while you're doing something so you can actually give it to someone when you're ready. But when do you think is that time to like transition uh, the seven habits of highly effective people? They got that chart with the four important things. Most people think they're too busy, but if they could just restructure their schedule, they realize they have more than enough time to get the important things done. And so yeah. they kind of are like, well, I'm just going to hire someone and they still don't get enough done from what I find. Yeah. 
So when do you think that transition into actually, you know, I'm going to get a virtual assistant to help me with four hours of stuff every morning? When it's a hard question, but when do you think this transition happens? So, well, what I would say to backtrack a little bit, what you brought up there is a good point. What I do initially is tell people do the 80, 20 of your life. So write down over the course of a week, all the stuff you do, use some tracker apps like uh, rescue time and stuff like that. Find out where you're wasting all this time. Cause everybody says, I don't have time. Like you just said, but if they do that for a week and I say, okay, you're wasting this much time doing laundry, getting groceries, then introduce them to apps like TaskRabbit and Instacart. Don't be going out to get food, Instacart. Oh, you have to go pick up your dry cleaning, use TaskRabbit. Da, 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 da. Use all this stuff. Cut down four hours of social media, which people easily waste. Right. Do that. Then at the end of the week, you're like, wow, I have 12 hours. Now you don't need that assistant because you can pump out all the content you need. Yep. You can do the stuff at the beginning to save yourself. You can send the emails, put up the blog posts. You don't want to do that forever. That's a terrible plan. But initially, you should do it to save some money. Um, so cut down on all the time you're wasting. And don't have that mindset where you know, people are like, oh, that's only for rich people. All, you know, right. uh, only P. Diddy can have people going to get his dry cleaning. No, right. you have to do that if you really want to grow and have more time. So use totally. those apps. And some stuff just stop doing. Don't even outsource. Just stop doing. Then I would recommend your first step is to use fancy hands. That's a virtual uh, assistant service, which instead of a, it's, it's super cheap. So there's ones like uh, EA Help and, and Zirtual where you can get a dedicated assistant, but it's going to be a few hundred bucks. Whereas with Fancy Hands, I think there's their plans start at 25 or 50 bucks a month. And you can outsource simple stuff to a team such as book flights for me, book reservations, uh, send my mom flowers on her birthday, any, any kind of stuff like that. You could outsource, outsource small because if all of a sudden tomorrow you have a virtual assistant that's 500 bucks a month, it's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Right. Start small. Just get used to outsourcing booking reservations and flights and do that over time and then get a full-time, not a full-time, but maybe a, a 10 to 12 hour a week virtual assistant on EA Help or Virtual or Virtual Staff Finder or something like that. Right. It's really good to have that main point person though. And what you'll want to do is eventually bring that person in full-time have one person who's with you full-time who's really good that you pay more than you're comfortable with paying them and let them run everything so oh you need someone from upwork or fiverr to do something they handle them you need events book they handle it so then your 80 20 is you do the 20 percent that you do best whether that's speaking whether that's making the dish in the kitchen whatever it is you do that everyone else handles everything else so cool. I feel like it just wraps around to people are not willing to put in the work at first. Like they want everything easy. And I was like, go through the hard stuff, make all the mistakes, yeah. figure out where your bills are coming from, what you're paying. Like, so you know how everything runs. Exactly. The system around it. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons you should do everything for a short term period. Yeah. So you know how it works. And so, you know, when you hire people, if they're doing a good job or they're screwing so cool. you. So cool. Um, really quick question. I'll let you go soon here, but I, I just want to pick your brain with the event you just had. And how many times do you have this event per year? Uh, we do four regular events and then guys in my mastermind get another three events. Who should be coming to this event? Like who are the perfect people to join you on this event? It's usually guys between, uh, well, 30 and up like 30 to 60 ish, um, sure. who are, Kind of just, uh, you know, where I was a couple of years ago and where I still am just on that path to personal development and self-actualization. And uh, maybe they're missing a lot of guys. Most of the guys who come are saying they're missing connection in their lives with other men. Uh, they're, you know, they want to improve their, their communication skills, their self-confidence, their ability to build relationships. Certainly, we talk about business. 
we talk about, you know, fitness and the importance of that and creating habits and daily routines, but it's more just, you know, finding what really makes you happy and, and creating that tribe in your own life. And where can people find more about everything? Because you wrote, do you have a book as well? I, I, I had, I'm going to work on a new book soon. I haven't done a book since 2007. So. What was that? I didn't see it online and I did quite a bit of research on you. So I don't want to sound ignorant. No, 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 that, no that was just a, a strength and conditioning book okay. for uh, MMA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was called fit to fight in 2006 or seven, I believe. Okay, cool. That was through penguin, but you're working on something new. Uh, not well, just formulating the idea. Cool. It's hard, man. It's been two years in me and I'm just like, I need to outsource this. I can't do this anymore. I've been trying to write a book. I'm like, I can't do it. I mean, it's, it's, I can't, it's hard. It's hard. Right. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Um, so if people want to find more about you website, yeah, so you can go to renegaderadiopodcast.com or you can go to jay.fit. J.fit will uh, send you to my site and uh, all the stuff we have going on there. I'll put links in the, in the description of the iTunes. Or if you're on the website, the links will be in the blog post. So you can look up Jay, look up what he does, check out his events. You're speaking anywhere next? You got anything lined up? The, uh, the Craft and Commerce uh, Convert Kits thing. It's kind of like a, a business weekend. I'm speaking um, at Summerstrong, Summer okay. Summerstrong. In South Carolina, that's in May. Uh, speaking at Paul Reddick's event in July. And, uh, one other one I can't remember. Well, a couple that I can't speak about yet because I don't, I don't know what's going on. But yeah. Cool. Cool. Jay, thanks so much for your time. Guys, check out Jay. Check out his Instagram. Instagram is kind of where you're most active from what yeah. I find. Hey? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All the links will be in the bio. Jay, thanks so much. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, brother. What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubik's the coach's coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams. Welcome to the Coach's Corner.